All right, great. Um, because, um, all right, so I'll just start. I'll say um, that, first of all, um, Maharaj Prickett, this is what he said to Shukadev Goswami. Maharaj Prickett said, um, I'll just read the English. My Lord, Shukadev Goswami, all the various activities <clears throat> exhibited by the incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are certainly pleasing to the ear and to the mind. Simply by once hearing of these activities, the dirty things in one's mind immediately vanish. Generally, we are reluctant to hear about the activities of the Lord, but Krishna's child, <clears throat> childhood activities are so attractive that they are automatically pleasing to the mind and ear. Thus, one's attachment for hearing about material things, which is the root cause of material existence, vanishes, and one gradually develops devotional service to the Supreme Lord, attachment for him, and friendship with devotees who give us the contribution of Krishna consciousness. <clears throat> if you think it fit, kindly speak about those activities of the Lord. And so we see that Shukadev Goswami is uh, narrating these activities so this is based upon the Srimad Bhagavatam <clears throat> and Prabhupada's Krishna book. And then our many acharyas have written commentaries upon these verses. And um, so we have <clears throat> many, such as Jiva Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, uh, Srila Bhakti Vinodakur, um, there and others. There's so many uh, Raghunath Das. There's so many commentators uh, that have spoken because they're able to see in depth. They're able to perceive um, these pastimes and actually have them be visible right before their eyes, and so therefore they can give us deeper insight. So anyway, it was Diwali day, and um. Like here, this is, um, we have primarily Westerners, I think, on this, on, on this Sangha tonight. But for Indians, it's a very big celebration. It's a five-day celebration. And uh, each day is commemorating a dis different aspect. And the third day of Diwali is, um, is <clears throat> commemorating when Lord Ram came back to Ayodhya with Sita, Lakshman, and Hanuman, and they were greeted with lamps. So Deepa uh, means light and Bali means lamp. So it's the festival of lights, of, of lamps. And they were greeted in that way and, um, and everyone was very joyous. So this is the Diwali day and Everyone has gone to prepare for the sacrifice, for this big festival, rather. And Nanda Maharaj has gone out. Rohini and Balaram went to Upananda's house. That's, that's Nanda Maharaj's older brother. 
So they um, they had all gone there for the day. So Yashoda was actually quite happy that she gets to be with Krishna herself and she gets to render all the service. There were only a couple of servant girls who stayed back before the festival. They were going to attend later. So it's it's described that um, that Mother Yashoda that she was sleeping next to Krishna. And um, she called him my blue lotus when she looked at him. She just was like so absorbed in his beauty. Now, remember, in the spiritual realm, such as this Goloka Vrindavan, like everything is conscious. So just like when we pray the Dhammada Ashtakam, right? The last verse we say, <clears throat> Namaste stu damne spuradipti damne. Like we're saying, I offer my respectful obeisances to this rope. So a rope, why would you offer obeisances to a rope? Well, because the rope is actually conscious. So everything's conscious there in the spiritual world. So when Mother Yashoda was um, resting, the wind, you know, there's a beautiful breeze that that flows, and they have quite a nice palace, Nanda and Yashoda. And here it shows her sleeping with her blue lotus, and um, and you see she's marveling at his extraordinary beauty. But the wind is calling her very gently, saying, "Now it's time to get up and engage in your service of your blue lotus." And also, um, it's nice to get up before he does, before he gets into all of his mischief and takes you away from your duty. So she does, and she has um, one of her servants engages in getting her all ready. And and on a daily basis, she would have more than one servant there. They would be, she had a whole, like, Elmira and dresser like a jewelry cabinet and she had all these beautiful jewels to match her clothing and here's one of the servant girls getting her hair ready and telling her you're so beautiful that when the demigods fly overhead overhead the wives of the demigods they envy you like how extraordinary and um, your beauty is, and you showed us like, okay, never mind, just hurry up, hurry up. This is taking too long. Let me just finish myself. And they're there, oh, okay, okay. And um, this festival, Diwali is going to be so wonderful because now Krishna is three years old and he'll be able to take part more before he was just a baby. And then she said, okay, let's hurry. Now help me carry up the milk. Every day, three urns of milk would be distributed to the storeroom in Nanda's, um, in Nanda's home, his palace. So these are golden urns with three, um, you know, three urns, urns full of milk, not ordinary milk. Do you know how many cows Nanda Maharaj owns? He owns 900,000 cows. And then out of these 900,000, there's 100 that are very special. And then out of that 100, there are about like eight cows 
that are very special. They're called Padma Ganda. So Ganda is like fragrance. Like Krishna says, he's the Ganda, the fragrance of the earth. And Padma is lotus flower. So they're so called that because their milk was so aromatic, like lotus flowers. And what happened was the Ashoda arranged that there be a special pasture just for these cows where they had the best quality grasses that are obtainable and wonderful grasses. And they were fed there and especially cared for so that Krishna could have the very best milk. And Yashoda knew how to combine it in certain ways so that it would be especially appealing. And so she said, okay, help me. What they used to do I think that many of you have had Shrikan. So Shri, what we do to make Shrikan, we we um, wrap the yogurt in a cloth and then uh, tie it to, like usually in the refrigerator. So you tie it onto something in there with a bowl underneath to allow the whey to drip out. So similarly, every day, Yashoda Devi would make um, yogurt and, but they didn't have to put it in cloth. They just put it in clay pots and hang it. And the clay absorbs the um, whey from it, the liquid. So that would be the yogurt. And then the next day, after all, it became very thick. That would be the yogurt used to churn butter. So she, um, she was doing that. She goes, okay, let's put like probably... Um, I would say like maybe like four gallons of milk on the stove and then the rest she um, she would start churning and she would use the milk on the stove to make uh, different kinds of milk sweets, you know, burfi and rasgulas and paneer and, and other things. But so she had this going simultaneously and when you showed it is engaging in churning. Krishna is still sleeping and again, and uh, he's a growing young boy, so let him sleep. Now, meanwhile, she's engrossed in remembering his pastimes and she's singing his songs and she's pretending to, um, well, in her meditation, rather, Krishna is there and she is absorbed in even discussing with the other gopis like she's there how can you say my son is stealing your butter you just like to complain about him we have the best butter here and she's talking like this in her meditation as you can even see from this painting how she's just in another world absorbed in that of course it's already the spiritual world now, she was thinking, my son is such a thief. Like, he's always going around and everyone's complaining about him. So, maybe, she's there, maybe our milk products and our butter is not good enough. And the demigods, they're talking, they're hovering, they're like, 
no way we line we would line up to get the butter from your callus and from your cows it's the best possible so she's there i want to make the best so that krishna will give up his um his stealing propensity and he'll be satisfied with what is here after all he's the prince he's the son of the king of rindavan and he can't become a thief but i don't want him growing up and being a juvenile delinquent he has to set a good example and so um that's why i have to curb his stealing propensity and give him the finest yogurt so meanwhile as she's peeking, she, where she is, you know, there's her bedroom. And then it's kind of like, a, I guess, like an open space before the kitchen. So she's near the kitchen. And at the same time, she can look through the doorway and see Krishna in his bed. And then she's like, uh, Krishna wakes up. And there's, she always puts ladus and other milk sweets and things at his bedside table because she always is thinking of him and I don't want him to be hungry and the night is so long. And then when he wakes up, um, the ladu goes, here, eat me. Everything talks in Vrindavan. Everything communicates. Of course, not in, in the language that we speak, but in their language. And it's understandable by the other residents and by each other. And so Krishna's like, no, I want my mother's milk. And then she, she, he looks and he keeps his eyes squinted. You may have done this as a child. You know, your mother calls you and says, it's time to get up for school. And you just like make believe you're still sleeping because you don't want to get up. And so he's doing that. His eyes are just squinting and he's pretending to be asleep because he's marveling at the beauty of Yashoda. He's like, and look at how she's starting to perspire from working so hard. And um, he's thinking, is the sun beating on her? And then he sees, no, the sun, she's facing a different direction than the sun. It's just her love that's emanating and just glowing from her body and it's flowing. And so he's thinking um, like, wow, how beautiful. And he goes, look at those earrings. You earrings, how did you get to be that, that fortunate that you get to be kissing my mother's cheek all day long? Like me, I have to go out. I just, I get to sleep with her, you know, and I just have, I get to be with her a little bit in the morning when she feeds me in the big assembly hall with all of the other people. And then, um, you know, I have to go out and be with my friends and steal butter and have other fun things to do. But you earrings, you get to be with her all day long. Like, that's like really not hair and then the earrings say come on you don't have to lay there in bed you can come and be with her too and he's like well I want to I just want to relish seeing her and um and then the bracelets what pious activities did you perform to be on the wrist of my mother as she's churning 
And you know what? The churning rope says, here, let me do it. You're getting, you're working too hard. You just hold the rope and I'll churn for you. And she's like, no way. I'm doing it myself. Like I, I just love this opportunity to serve my little Kana and, and just allow me to do it. And then she starts singing all these songs about Krishna. Now, in there, in Vrindavan, they have professional poets and songwriters, and they would put the songs to music. But she said, what do they know about Krishna? She would take bits of what they were singing. But what do they really know? Only I know Krishna. And, and so she would compose her own songs. And just sing about all of his different exploits throughout the day. And um, so she's so absorbed like that. Then finally Krishna's like, okay, I want milk. You know, milk is like just the manifestation of the love of Yashoda. And so he starts calling, Maya, Maya. And she can't hear him because her bangles. They're almost like cartels. They're jingling together. Like ding, 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 ding. And the churning rod, it's made of wood. If you've ever seen one, the bottom is two different, um, you know, like petals sort of. And they clang against the side of the pot. It's almost like a merdunga. So, so um, you know, the cartels, ding, 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 ding. And then... Boom, 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 boom. So it's like a cartel and Madunga. And um, she can't hear him because she's singing and that. And then he's like, he starts calling louder. Now we know Krishna is the all-powerful. Even as an infant, he killed Putana. It's not like he's incapable. He is maintaining all of the material and spiritual worlds and various universes he can do anything, but yet he's pretending, um, not pretending, but so much wanting that spontaneous love of his mother. So then he's, he finally gets up. He's like, you know, wanting her to come and get him, although he can get up himself. So he walks out. She's still singing. He grabs the rod and stops it. And then you show the notice comes out of her meditation so is krishna outside or inside of her because she is so absorbed in him there's not really a difference and then she um comes to external consciousness and says oh krishna and then you must be hungry and he's like he's starting to cry now yes i'm hungry and i'm angry you're angry. Why are you angry? Well, here, come. Come have some milk. Come sit on my lap. And she puts down her churning rope. And why are you angry? I'm angry because you didn't come when I called you. And she's like, oh, that's just because I didn't hear you, my darling. And then um, she takes him on her lap. And both of them are locked. Like their eyes just are, are like, Gazing, like she said, I never saw him so beautiful before. Because, see, Krishna is always expanding. His beauty is always expanding. And his pastimes 
and she's like, um, like, is he like a doll made of jewels or is he a doll made of flowers? What is he like kind of hallucinating almost like um, just seeing him in these many fold different um, ar arrangements and he's looking at her and and just like the love and the milk is flowing from her breast. He doesn't even have to suck or anything. And they're just so much absorbed in their in their love for each other. And then emergency, an emergency, the milk starts to boil over. And you know, there are birds. Nanda Maharaj had built a kind of um a perch like a on the balcony so the birds could come and Krishna could see them. So the birds are there and they're watching this whole scene. Um, they had to move so they can see it all. And then what happens is emergency. <gasps> the milk's boiling over. Remember this milk from the very special cows to make very special milk products for very special Krishna. And she says, here, here, sit here. I'll be right back. You sit here and watch the urn. And she goes in the kitchen. And now Krishna's really mad. He's like, what? She put me down just for a few gallons of milk? What? I left the ocean of milk. Right? Krishna resides at the ocean of milk in Sveta Dvip, and she left, I left there to come down here, and Vrindavan is flooded with milk, the cows just drip their milk all over the pasture grounds, and there's milk everywhere, and she puts me down just for some milk, and then the birds start talking, this, um, this is, um, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, employs this technique um, where the Govinda Lilamrita, I believe he wrote it. So then they're talking, the birds, the parrots start talking to each other. And the male, they're called um, Shuka. They're like, oh, how could she put him down? Like, and then the, you know, female birds are kind of sticking up for her. There's more than two. There's, and the female birds are saying, well, she had to put him down. The milk was boiling over. But yeah, is the milk more important than Krishna? Well, it's just as important because it's for the service of Krishna. And so um, so they're talking to each other like that. Well, she could have taken him with her, with her. And the other bird, the female, the shari, is like, no, because... It's dangerous. You don't take a young child near milk boiling over and a raging fire. He could get burned. Anything could happen. Oh, I don't think it's right. So they're having this conversation back and forth. And um, this is showing, it's explained that sometimes we have to make a decision where both things are equally important, right? Feeding Krishna or saving the milk that was for Krishna, and then a decision has to be made about to choose one of them when they're both very important. So then while she's doing that, she said, okay, don't worry, I'm going to be back 
in just a few minutes, I just have to clean up this mess. And she starts talking to herself like, oh, that silly servant girl. Once again, she put too much wood on the fire. I'm going to have to do it myself from now on. And she's talking like that as she's cleaning up. Now, one of the Acharyas, um, there was an Acharya named Hari Shari, and I don't know a lot about him, but um, I heard him be quoted, you know, like the milk was thinking, wow, well, Krishna's so much enjoying drinking Mother Yashoda's milk. He's not going to want our milk at all. He doesn't want my milk. Let me just commit suicide, jump out of the pot. So everything's conscious in the spiritual realm. And so meanwhile, Krishna is mad. And the day before, like um, you, some of you may have young children or you used to, or you used to be a young child, especially boys. Did you ever pick up rocks and put them in your pocket? Well, Krishna, he brought home the day before some stones. And then one of them he saw, one of them was pointed. So he picked up that stone and he sat and he just, said, um, bang, to the clay pot. It was a jewel, beautiful, beautiful jeweled clay pot. And then he was looked to see if Mother Yashoda is still in the kitchen and still absorbed. And so then um, he did, so it just made a little crack. And then ding, too, a bigger crack. And again, every time he would just see, yeah, she's still cleaning. She's still talking to the imaginary servant girl. And then the third one, and the whole pot just cracks right open. All of that yogurt being churned into butter. So it's like very soft butter, not quite butter yet. It starts pouring out all over. And Krishna's like, wow, this is really good. And he just starts eating it. And then... He said, I know with more of this, a lot more like fully churned butter and and yogurt. And so he tiptoes into her bedroom, meanwhile, leaving buttery footprints as he goes. And he goes to her Elmira and takes out the key. So um, there was a key and he... Um, you know, gets that key and then goes back again past the kitchen because her back is to him. And he opens up the door to the storeroom and it's down a few steps, a short, short um, steps. And there, these pots are hanging from the ceiling. So he gets, he sees a crate of vegetables. He pushes it over it and and then steps on that, and then steps on top of a another kind of of um, grinding stone. So a grinding stone that he could stand on and reach the pots. He starts taking them all down. He takes several of them down, brings them onto the ground, and removes the cover from them. And just starts eating. Then he opens the door so the monkeys can come in. Because these are not ordinary monkeys. These were monkeys that reincarnated from um, Ram Lila. We know that Hanuman and the huge army of monkeys, they assisted Lord Ram 
in um, in building a bridge across Lanka. First of all, searching for Sita for months, searching for her, and then building the bridge, and then fighting in the army against Ravana and his army. Many of them lost their lives, and Krishna felt indebted to them because he always remembers any service rendered to him. So he wanted to reciprocate, and he opened the door, and they all came in, and they're all just really relishing. He's feeding them this wonderful butter and yogurt and um, and like this, see? Um, and they're just um, very much relishing it right from Krishna's hand, freshly churned butter. And, but Krishna's a little nervous. He's looking over his shoulder from time to time. And then the monkeys, they spot also some crows had come in, but they spot Yashoda and they start screeching and running out the door. And then um, the crows, they start screeching when Yashoda comes and sees, because when Krishna saw her coming on her way out, she said, oh, Nanda left his walking stick here, bejeweled walking stick. Let me grab that. And she um, sees this huge mess. Sorry, everyone. We're having some technical difficulties. Um, we'll try to reconnect with uh, Kamali and Mataji. She's a great story too, so I hope you can get her back. Please hang on. Everybody get disconnected or just me? Nope. I think we're good now. Okay. Did everybody get disconnected or just me? Um, just you. <laughs> You're Karen. I wonder why. Did you hear me talking? Um, probably uh, flipped off about a minute ago. 
right. Okay. All right. But I mean, okay. I'm sorry. I don't, that never happened before. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Now I see. All right. So, um, we'll go back to, um, so you all heard that and mother sort of starts chasing Krishna, right? And he starts running and running and he's there. What? She has a stick in her hand. Outrageous. How can she dare, dare carry a stick in her hand? And then he's yelling, put the stick down. She's there. You stop. Stop right now, you thief. Stop. And he's there. No, only when you put the stick down. And um, and then she, this is going on, though, for a long time. And so Krishna thinks. Now, remember, because it's Diwali Day, everyone is just getting ready. You know, uh, the men have gone out. The ladies are um, all getting dressed and um, putting on their jewelry and, and, and their cooking and all that stuff, decorating with lamps and festoons. And so Krishna sees the gate and he's there. I know I'm going to go out of the compound and I'm going to go to the road because there's people on the road walking by and the guards are there and she won't dare hit me in front of other people. And so he goes out there. And um, and sure enough, the guards are like, whoa, what's going on watching this? Yashoda, you know, exerting. Now, Krishna, remember when Kaliyavana chased Krishna, Krishna was nonchalantly walking to the cave of Muchakunda. And here he's running at top speed and he's just young and, um, and Yashoda's running and she can't catch him. And then they're still talking. She said, you had better stop right now. And Krishna is really getting afraid. And he goes out of the gate. And then she says, okay. She puts the stick behind her back and says, all right, I don't ha have the stick. And then she was able to grab him by the wrist. And, um, and then she pulled out the stick. And he's like, oh. She deceived me. How could she deceive me like this? And then she's there. If you ever do that again, then this is what's going to happen. He's there. I won't do it again. I won't. I promise. And he starts crying like the song says, rubbing his eyes. And his mascara is getting smeared while his cudgel all over his face. And and so... um. This is going on. And then people start gathering. Then Krishna calls out, Rohini and Balaram. Like he said, I know if they were here, Yashoda would never do this in front of them. Rohini wouldn't allow her to do this. And, um, and then she finally, we know the pastime that tried to tie him up to this. She's there. All right. What am I going to tether him to like a, naughty calf and um and so then she finally um you know takes sees that it was like a common um grinding stone that people that were passing by and like pilgrims on the road they could use it because people didn't eat in restaurants they even if they're on the road and even today you see in india on the trains they even bring their little tiny stove 
and a little like propane stove and they'll make their kitchen right there on the platform rather than eat in a restaurant. Plus, many people are poor. They wouldn't spend their hard-earned money that way. And so um, so then um, she says here, and, and we know the rest is history, tying him up. And meanwhile, you know, tells the girls, go get the rope. So go get, um, so then they go and they said, we better get four pieces of rope just in case. You know, one of them says two will be enough. And, and no, we'll get four. And then we know how. Meanwhile, Krishna's calling and a crowd starts forming and there's dogs there and the birds flew so they can watch the whole scene. And the monkeys came up in the tree so there's a whole crowd around this scene and the gopis are kind of, you know, they love Yashoda. She's their queen and uh, they're actually friends as well. And so they're there. See, now you know, we told you this is what he does. Now you have experience. This is what he does in our homes too, breaks the pots and all. And then... Um, <clears throat> And, and that they're kind of laughing, thinking, isn't this funny? Why can't you tie him up? I mean, you tie him with, you know, all kinds of jewels and everything. You can't tie him with rope. What's going on? And then she's there. I think that you all put some kind of magic spell on him because you're always complaining about him. And they kind of laughed said, no way. We didn't do that at all. But I, he has some kind of mystic potency that this can happen. And then it went on all day long. And they're there. All right, Yashoda, don't you think you should give up? Now it's not working. She, Everyone said, let me bring some rope. I have rope. And they send their sons, go run home and get the rope. And um, the first Yashoda just took out the ribbon from her hair, the top of her, of her braid and the bottom. First she used that. It went around... Um, fine around the mortar but it wouldn't tie we know two two fingers too short and so um they all brought their rope there was so much rope and then the rope shrunk and and then it expanded and then krishna was crying so bad there was actually a little lake of tears and then yashoda's like what is going on and then um, Yoga Maya said, uh-oh, I better dry up this lake of tears right away because Yashoda is losing her spontaneous love for Krishna where she forgets that he's the Supreme Lord. If she sees too much of his mystical power, she'll start having some kind of like reverence towards him like, you know, Mother Devaki has and like Arjuna had on the battlefield when he saw that universal form he's like oh my i i treated you just like an equal like a friend we laid on the same bed together we ate our meals together i just talked to you and i called you hey saka my friend take me here in the chariot take me there and now he sees who he is so so yoga maya she's in vrindavan she doesn't allow that to happen to the residents of Vrindavan. And so Yasoda's there. He just was born under a bad uh, planet 
and and uh, and she kept calling him. You act just like a monkey because you hang around. You're always associating with the monkeys, and now you're acting like one. And then Krishna says, "Okay, if you think I'm a monkey, then I'll I'll run away into the forest and live with the monkeys." And then she's like, "He would too, wouldn't he? He would do that. That's why I have to tie him up." Because I have work to do. I have to go clean up that mess that he made. So I have to do it. And so he um, he finally, finally, all day, what happened was Krishna's energies also speak to him. You know, like his different, his different energies of opulence, different energies of prema. You know, prema was talking to Krishna, saying, what? happening today and and Krishna said something very special is going to happen you will see and um and now finally um Krishna what happened the shoulder was perspiring and a drop of that perspiration fell on Krishna and then um he heard you know they said just be kind to your mother and he thought all right I'll be kind to her and he allowed her to tie him up. So only when he allows it was it going to happen. And she ties him up. And finally, everyone's like, whoa, yay, how did that happen? And then and then it was just the original rope had done it all. Like her top, the ribbon from her hair and from churning, <coughs> excuse me, her churning um, rope. And so then she said, now you stay here and see if you can move. You're not allowed to have any toys and, um, and you just stay here until I'm done with my duties. And then Krishna's crying and crying. And then, um, you know, and then she walks away and her friend, the ladies who had gathered, they said, let us help you. We'll help you clean up the mess in your house. And they go and say, oh, my, what did he do? And as soon as he left, I mean, as soon as Yashoda Devi left, Krishna just smiled at his friends. He stopped all his crying. He was just trying to milk her sympathy, too. And then they were like, oh, poor Krishna. How could she do that? Like, my mother would never do that to me, tie me up just for breaking a pot. And they're there. We should like lodge a complaint to Nanda Maharaj and protest this kind of behavior, treating you like you're some ordinary criminal or something. And then Krishna was first he was like like liking, you know, all that sympathy. Then he's like, wait a minute, don't you ever talk about my mother that way again, about the queen, because she's doing this just so she can train me because she loves me so much. She and um, she would she wants to teach all of you too that you shouldn't. You are all accomplices in my crimes. So she's showing you what what could be the fate of all of us. So don't talk about her because even if she were to lock me in a dungeon forever, I would consider that an act of her love. Because she has the topmost love for me. Okay, so the meanwhile the gopis are there 
saying, oh, you showed it, Davy. Okay, you go do your other duties, and we'll just clean all of this up. And then one of them said, do you think it's okay to leave Krishna there alone? Oh, Yashoda said, he's not alone. Look, his friends are there with him. They're all around, the cowherd friends. And um, and plus, he's tied up. He can't go anywhere. And then Krishna's like, he tells his friends, now your mother's are at my house, so you all go home and get me some milk sweets. So um, go go. So they say okay, and they all run home and come back, you know, with all. And they feed Krishna because he's tied up, but they feed him, um, you know, butter and different kinds of milk sweets and yogurt and things like that. Now, Krishna, um, he's like at this point. He glances over and he sees the twin Arjuna trees. And I only have a few minutes, right? So he sees the twin Arjuna trees and he remembers the curse of Narada Muni because these twin Arjuna trees, they grow very tall and they are... um, they have a large buttress at the root and they're called twin because they're actually, they have the same roots, but they grew and then they divided like a, like an X and an X and they divided into two trees. They have oblong leaves that are um, on the top, like dark green and on the bottom, light green. And they, in the springtime, they bear um, flowers, and then in the autumn, um, fruits, a certain kind of fruit. And so these trees, he remembers, oh, long ago, you know how long ago? 20,000 years ago. Those trees were standing there for 20,000 years because to make a long story short um that that these um are the sons of kuvera kuvera is the treasurer of the demigods and nala kuvera and mani griva their father kuvera he worshiped lord shiva he was such a devout devotee of shiva shiva blessed him and his family that they would be demigods so these sons, Nalakuvera and Mani Griva, they were quite proud and they had so much wealth at their disposal. Now, because they were now promoted to the status of demigods, they were allowed to um, reside, like to go to Mount Kailash and go to the pleasure gar- gardens there where they're, you know, the most beautiful gardens and aromas and waterfalls and lakes and everything. And the Apsaras are the heavenly damsels. So they were very fond of, um, of you know, of drinking um, wine and alcohol. And here there was a part, you know, the Ganges flows from the heavenly planets all the way down past the earth, past the lower planets. So there's a part there, it's called the Mundakini. It's a, a part of the Ganges River. 
So they were in that Ganges and um, and they were merrymaking. They were so intoxicated. Uh, so they and the Upsaras, all of them were completely naked and intoxicated. And um, and then who should come along but Narada Muni. And when Narada sees them and the girls are like, oh, no, Narada Muni, they immediately rush out of the water and grab their clothes and, and wrap themselves quickly and they and they're telling the boys, come out, you know, come out, get dressed. But they're so drunk that they're just like laughing and mimicking the girls, you know, like like get dressed, get dressed. They don't even like notice Narda, and Narda's like, wow, they are such fools. Of course, the Ganges is purifying, but to to engage in such the base sense gratification in the Ganges, that's not too purifying. It is still purifying, but not as if one were to go reverentially and bathe in the Ganges, just like, you know, chanting a holy name. The holy name has all potency to bestow love of God, love of Krishna. But if we're chanting full of offenses, I mean, there'll still be benefit, but... But it has to be um, the more that one is conscientious, you know, of devotion to the Lord, then one receives the benefit. So Narada's like, they have to learn a lesson. I can't just just excuse them because how will they learn? They're so proud. Of course, the intoxication will wear off, but their pride, that will take something to get that to wear off. And then finally, after a while, they, the girls got out and went behind Narada. So they're waving and, you know, getting their attention to do something. And then they go, oh, my Krishna, that's Narada Muni. And Narada starts telling them all about, just see, you're such fools that um, just because you have wealth, because when one is so wealthy, he has all sense gratification at his disposal. And you have taken advantage of that. And um, so, you and there they're like, okay, they finally were sobering up now. And like, okay, what's it going to be? Like they knew now we have to receive some kind of punishment for our behavior. And he said, you, you like to stand naked? Okay. I, I curse you that you will be trees. And there and then it was their request. They said, okay, we understand that is just punishment for our you know consciousness. And so he's and they said, but can we take birth in Vrindavan as trees? Because there we get to be in the holy soil of Vrindavan. And we'll get to associate with those Kulpa Viksha trees. And then Narada, he's thinking, let me give them the greatest benediction. Yeah, he said, okay, you can have that. Not only that, in 20,000 years, Krishna's going to appear in Vrindavan. So I'll give you, first of all, full consciousness. You'll be able to remember 
why you're standing there as trees. So you'll be conscious. And so that was a benediction. 20, just like if someone goes to prison, <laughs> they get to think about their crime and how hopefully they'll, how they'll never do it again. So they were waiting, waiting. And, and then when Krishna appeared three years earlier, they got to witness his childhood pastimes. They were right in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. So they were very, very fortunate. And um, and then the whole thing, Krishna told his friends, wait here. And they're like, what is he going to do now? And, and the mortar and the rope, it was conscious. And they're like, like they the rope would slacken a little. And Krishna started dragging it. He started dragging the mortar on his hands and knees towards those trees. He thought Narada told them, I would deliver them. So I have to do that. I have to deliver them because the word of my pure devotee must come to pass. And um, and then and Krishna's like, um, you know, he he often like also with Indra at the Govardhan Yagya, you know, when he's gonna chastise someone kind of or give them an opportunity to apologize then um, he keeps his friends at bay so he can do it in private, which is a very nice thing, so as not to humiliate them. But um, then Krishna, Krishna does it. You know, he just goes, brings the mortar, and the mortar is cooperating, and the boys are like stunned. What is going on here? The mortar is moving all by itself. And another one's like, no, it's not. It's sliding down a hill. No, it's not a hill. Look. And they're all talking like that. And then they see, and then the mortar's like, okay, ready, rope? Are you ready? Here we go. And Krishna goes between the two trees and then um, and then just crash, the large, large crash when those two twin trees fell. And they fell consciously to the side so that not even one branch would touch Krishna and hurt him in any way. And then when everybody heard that sound, it was just like, do you know that most of the people painted in Rindavan and Yoga Maya arranged that all the grass was very soft like feathers so that no one got hurt. And then out from these two twin trees come the twin brothers. Now let's and, Nar and he told them, don't worry, when you get liberated, you'll, you'll have clothes on. You won't be naked anymore. And so here they come bursting out of the tree. And then they um, offer their respects to Krishna and pray to him and, and, you know, apologize. So just see, real quick, there's a lot more to the story, but time is up. And, um, but they just got blessed and... And then uh, they they went back. I don't know why, uh, but then they just were blessed that they could continue in devotional service. Just before that, they weren't. And then everyone was stunned. Krishna told all the boys, come here, come here, come hide in the bushes. Because then when our parents, they'll think that we all got killed. 
then when they see us emerge, they'll be so happy they can't be angry. <laughs> my, my mother can't be angry at me anymore. So they're all hiding in the bushes and their plan worked out. But Yashoda, she like really was nervous and she um, couldn't even go near thinking of the dread. What happened or what could have happened to Krishna and feeling really guilty for being too harsh. But meanwhile, Nandamaraj came back and he finds Krishna all tied up. It's like, Krishna, what happened to you? What happened to this tree? And the boys are there. Krishna pulled the mortar and, and two big trees fell down and two demigods, all fancy, came out. And always the boys talk like this and the elders say, wow, they have a fertile imagination. Could it be? And then Nanda says, oh, who tied you up like that, Krishna? And he said, Maya, 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 your mother tied you up like that? Wow, what did you do? Did you do what? You couldn't have done anything that bad to deserve that kind of punishment. And he unties him, and then that's the whole thing. And how Krishna said, I don't, you know, I don't want to see my mother anymore. And he said, Well, what are you going to eat? Where are you going to sleep? I'm going to sleep with you, Baba. What are you going to eat? Um, you, you drink no breast milk? No, I'm going with you to the cow shed and you bring some sugar and just give me fresh milk from the cow mixed with sugar. And anyway, and anyway, he's there, you know, and Krishna took him a while and Nanda said, your mother really is missing you a lot. She wouldn't come out of her room. She was so embarrassed to come out. And then eventually, like, took her a few days to come out into the um, assembly hall. Fort Nanda Maharaj has a big, um, a, it's a big hall, like dining hall for, with 14 pillars in it. And, um, and then finally, you know, she wasn't coming and Nanda said, go get your mother and tell her that um, people won't eat unless she serves them. So then he does, and she finally comes out, and everyone's happy. And here's Krishna with his mother. Okay, so long story short, uh, lots of lessons. Okay, sorry to go over time. I'm supposed to stop at a quarter two. No worries. We've got plenty of time, actually, so, so please. Um, you do? Yeah, we've got plenty of time. <laughs> but uh, but please continue. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? All right. So um, so anyway um, so Nalakuvera and Manigriva, you know, what did they do to uh, to deserve such mercy? Like they didn't engage in sadhana, right? They didn't <clears throat> chant Rapa. <laughs> they didn't like they may have worshipped Lord Shiva, you know, Om Namo Shivaya. But most likely praying for more material opulence, not praying for pure devotional service. So what did they do? What they did was they got the mercy of the pure devotee. So the pure devotee, um, Narada Muni, he's the one that was able to bestow that upon him. And so we see, like Srila Prabhupada gave us assurance also that if we could just um, engage in in this um, service and follow the regular principles and chant Hare Krishna, then 
you know, we can also go back to Godhead. So um, I'll just tell, since we have a little bit of time, um, so then they're like, so everyone was talking there after the trees fell. How could this happen? They were like, and the and um, they'd seen the mortar, and um, Krishna w didn't want to talk. He's he's because um, what happened when they were all hiding in there? That the all the adults were talking. The cowherd men had come back. Like what caused it? There's no storm happening here. There's no rain, there's no wind, no elephant. What could have uprooted it? Was it a demon or a rakshasa? Whatever it is, it was a disaster. And so um, the the Brajavasis, they were they had um, had no idea how that could have happened. They were so bewildered, and then their feelings of love and desire to be reunited with Krishna was growing and then Yashoda and her attendants arrived. They made way for their queen and then she said, where's my son? Where's Krishna? Because remember, he's hiding in the bushes there. And so she's like in a lot of anxiety and um, and so Yashoda, and then Krishna, when he saw that um, you know, Mother Yashoda was in so much anxiety and she's there where's my blue lotus what has happened to him and she became frenzied and her friends tried to calm her and um they were so much preoccupied with her and then Krishna said to his friends look their backs are turned on us let us surprise them before they discover us so then Krishna suddenly rose out from the bushes that he was in, very calm and fearless and innocent looking. And then his friends, they stood up and um, Krishna began to play, rolling on, I mean, pulling on the mortar and flicking the rope. And um, the Rajavasis took notice of the gopas and said, look, there's Krishna and there's our boys. And when everyone saw they were out of danger, they were so much happy. Um, and then Yashoda's like, well, well, look at what could have happened to him. You know, it could have fallen right on him. It could have struck him. And then Nanda and the others rushed to Krishna, but Yashoda, she didn't. She was kind of shocked and she said, I put him in so much danger, and she was so ashamed, and um, she just was perspiring, and and then um, Yashoda, she, um, and then Nanda Maharaj's soldiers, they studied the tree, and he said, it appears the mortar was the cause of the incident. How could it be the mortar? How could the mortar do that? And then... Who was it? So then the children, they asked the children, what happened? What happened? They knew Krishna had been playing all day. And he said, you, then the boys said, you speak. No, you, no, you. The boys were bewildered about what happened. And then they said, it was Krishna. He did it. And they were so excited. When Mother Yashoda left him, 
Krishna began to play with the mortar and then he dragged it. And uh, um, they said, we were playing there, over there on those flat boulders when Krishna crawled between the trees. And then they all began to speak, competing with each other with newer details. The mortar turned sideways and it was talking to the rope. So now the Rajavasis are like really disbelieving them at all. Then Krishna kept crawling. The mortar got stuck between the trees and he could go no further. That is when Krishna began to tug on the rope. First, all the birds flew out of the trees. Then the trees bent over. So one boy leaped forward with both hands outstretched. He blurted. Then Krishna tugged and the trees snapped with a pow. The boys were now at a fever pitch, and they all imitated the sound or described it in their own way. It was like a boom, a thundering lightning bolt, crack, the thundering of a million running cows, and the earth shook. So now um, the coward men just were looking at each other, and said, if we're going to believe in talking ropes and mortars, then we should just as well believe the infants toppled, that infants toppled trees. And the boys saw that the adults were not believing them. And they said, it's true. We saw Krishna do it with our own eyes. And that is not all. The men looked, yeah, what else now? The mortar then danced. And some of the men laughed, you know, thinking, whoa. And, um, and then they said, no, the, the mortar only rolled around. And then two beautiful men came out of the trees. Yeah, amazing people like Davis, beautiful. Now the Rajvasi took interest. Maybe they were the culprits. Maybe those men, where did they come from? Maybe they were like some kind of spirits, ghosts in the trees or something and then here it was Krishna was angry at his mother and um, and and so broadcasting he showed his majesty in loving devotion had been the theme of the day and while Nanda Maharaj was not her equal he was a close second because not he showed his love as the greatest love of all and um, so now the boys had told what happened and, um, you know, everyone's thinking, could it really be? Like, I don't know. Gargamuni said when Krishna was born that, you know, he's equal to Narayan in his qualities. And in, um, the Brahmins thought this, this boy was prophesied to be like Narayan. So it's possible. I mean, if he's like Narayan, Narayan can do anything, right? And, um, and they're going on. So then Nanda... That was his, so you see this whole pastime is Krishna glorifying his mother as well. And um, <laughs> so I kind of going backwards now because I quickly went through. Then Krishna um, was all, he said, O king, um, O king in this land, you are the ultimate shelter Krishna said, when I have been rejected by my mother, to whom else can I turn? And then Nanda 
broadened. Um, uh, let's see, Nanda's smile broadened to its limits. And he said, you who bind and liberate all living entities with your own maya are now bound yourself, and still you manage to fetter your own parents with the ropes of your love, ropes from which we never seek um, seek liberation. So then um, he was, Nandamaraj cast a mildly reproaching glance at his wife, and um, he leaned over the mortar and he untied him. Then he, then he said, um, he looked back at Yashoda and as if to ask, may I, um, you know, may I take him? And Yashoda replied with a faint, faint but anxious smile, yes. And so Nanda untied him and Krishna embraced him. And um, Nanda embraced him and smelled his head, covered his cheeks with kisses. And as the rope that bound Krishna's belly fell to the ground, it manifest its full length, <laughs> which was the aggregate of all the churning ropes and cow ropes in Gokula. But the great king of Gopas was too absorbed in the ecstasy of loving his son to notice. And even if he had, he would have simply shrugged off the marble as another one of those mystical events that followed his little son. And then um, everything ends in bliss. So um, so then when he told him how his mother did it, you know, and Nanda, he said she was trying to hide behind her, her friends. And... Um, and, and Krishna's like, not possible. Your mother didn't do it. He said, she did it. You can ask any of the other gopis. They were there too. And then Nanda Maharaj asked all of them. And um, and and he thought, you know, Yashoda, her own self-censure, how she's censuring herself. Whatever I can say will never equal that. That's like the worst reprimand, her own self reprimand and then um it was so then this went on and eventually um krishna did go to his mother when nanda said your mother might die if you don't go near her and then he's like Phew. then finally krishna did of course of course and for three days she stayed in her chamber and then finally came out. Okay, so um, beautiful pastime and um, so elaborate. We could spend, you know, many days <laughs> going into more details. But I've gone way over time now. And um, are there any comments or questions? If anyone could turn on your videos, I'd love to see you since I don't know too many of you. Uh, we got a question from uh, from Harry Krishna. Yes, uh, thank you, Mother Kamalini Hare Krishna. Today's topic was uh, intimacy with God uh, in the Dhamdhar Lila. Uh, earlier in your talk, you mentioned that the demigods' wives were envious of Radharani 
because of her beauty. So I understand that almost everyone in the material world or in material consciousness is envious of everyone else. And this affects yeah. our intimate relationship with everyone in God. Can you speak more about this? Yeah, it wasn't um, Radharani. It was Mother Yashoda. That's what the Gopi, um, her servant was saying that they, that you're so beautiful that you even rival their beauty and their that when they see you from flying above, they, um, you know, they will um, become envious. But yeah, it's true. Everyone, like it says, right, in Bhagavad Gita that we're born overcome by desire and hate and always, um, you know, wanting, wanting to be the Lord. That's why we've come to the material world. That's why the material world is created to give us a opportunity and a, a make-believe place that we are the Lord. And um, and so, yeah, we are envious. We want to be better than others and, um, and are happy when they have misfortune. So this is like um, just the worst thing, isn't it? This kind of envy, how it eats away at the heart. Because the devotees should be very happy to um, witness another devotee's spiritual advancement or good fortune for everyone. Like Palad Maharaj said, right? <clears throat> let there be all good fortune and let the envious be pacified so that, um, you know, everyone can be happy. That was his desire, not wanting this, not wanting to be better and all. Uh, 